My Seven Chakras, episode 288. We shall not cease from exploration, and in the end of all that exploring will be to arrive where we started and know that place for the first time. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, the show where we provide you ancient wisdom, inspiring stories and action steps that will help you change and transform your life. If you're new to our show, then I want to really welcome you because you have arrived at the right place and quite mystically, you've been guided. That's what I believe and I'm really grateful for that. And without further ado, let's bring on our special guest for today, Lee Holden. Lee, are you ready to inspire? Absolutely. So excited to be here. Thanks so much. I love that introduction too. Wonderful. So Lee Holden, Action Tribe listeners, viewers who are watching this, is a world-renowned teacher of Qigong meditation and holistic healthcare practices. Lee has been a public television favorite since 2006. His programs have aired on 105 stations, reaching over 50 million households. Lee's latest shows, Less Stress and More Energy, is currently airing around the country. He's been acknowledged by the International Qigong Association for his ability to make the esoteric Taoist teachings accessible to modern students without compromising or diluting their essence. Lee is producing a documentary called Superhuman, a film exploring the human potential. And he's also an assistant producer and starring in the docu-series Quantum Chi, that's coming out in 2019. So a lot of stuff happening, a lot to share, and I can't wait to get started. But thank you so much, Lee, for joining me on today's show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. That's great. Yeah, it's been a big, uh, big year. And I think, you know, people are ready for taking their practices and their life into that next level of, of unfoldment. Absolutely. We're all ready over here to take it to the next level of unfoldment and healing and balance. Uh, But to get started, what is that one inspirational quote uh, that sort of keeps you going? And how does that quote uh, impact your day-to-day life? Mm. I know. I love quotes. Uh, You know, one that I've been telling my students in my workshops lately is a T.S. Eliot quote. And it goes, we shall not cease from exploration. And in the end of all that exploring will be to arrive where we started and know that place for the first time. So I like this because it just reminds us to bring us ourselves back into the moment that life goes in cycles and there's repetition to our day. We wake up, we go to sleep, but this exploration, this way in which the moment can be ever renewed and fresh that we can see the moment with beginner's eyes to clear the slate of our conditioning mind and to open up to beginner's mind and really bring that bliss and enjoyment into each and every day and to truly create more moments, more moments of evolution and, and energy where we feel deeply connected and inspired about our lives. Wonderful. When you shared that quote, it really it struck my heart because what came to my mind was uh, the story of Bilbo Baggins, right? From Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. You know, he goes, he's from the Shire, goes around Middle Earth, sees people, sees things, sees monsters, comes back. He's still Bilbo, but in so many ways... He is not. So wonderful. Thanks right. a lot for starting it in right. such a wonderful energy. Uh, let's start with the basics. What is Qigong and what does the name really mean? You know, Qigong, the name means life force energy. You know, the hardest part about this practice, because it is a practice like yoga, it's an embodied practice. But the hardest part about this is how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was teaching a class. It was like day two in a five-day workshop. And this lady from Tennessee, she says, now hold up. You keep saying she's gone, but where's she gone to? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 it's Qigong. And oh, Qigong. So Qi means life force energy. And in Chinese, there are about 360 different kinds of Qi. It's a little bit like, you know, Eskimos have a thousand words for snow. 
And so in Chinese culture, life force energy, there's a lot of variations on it. Um, for example, you get life force energy from breathing, from eating, from drinking, from sleep, from nature. So all of these different things would be a different kind of qi, something that supports your life force energy. Now, gong means to work with, to skillfully work with. To skillfully work with what? To skillfully work with this qi. Um, so in a sense, qigong means skill at working with life force energy. So it became part of Chinese medicine. It became part of culture and philosophy. So ways in which we work with our qi help us to lead healthy, happy, fulfilling lives. Wonderful, wonderful. So thanks a lot for sharing. Now, many of our listeners, viewers, watchers, whoever they might be, they're quite fascinated by Qigong. They might have heard it. You know, somebody's say, saying it. Somebody says Qigong. You know, they might have heard the word and they want to know more. So what are some of the powerful benefits of this ancient practice? You know, it's it's a practice that's been around for three to 5,000 years, probably longer. It comes from shamanistic cultures, ways in which we can connect to nature, connect to a higher power and bring it into our lives. You know, Qigong is called the arts of effortless power and it mirrors the movements of nature. So people observed how nature moved and started to mirror, or replicate that in and through their own bodies to create a natural evolution of energy within their bodies. And, you know, in modern life, Qigong, I see it more practical now than ever before because we're mm. so connected to our devices and entertainment and pulled out of our center by so many external things. We have so many choices, even when we go to the grocery store, that our decision-making mind is overly taxed. And so to have a practice that brings you back into yourself, that turns your attention inward and helps you to cultivate something from the inside out is really, really powerful. You know, being part of Chinese medicine you can take charge of your health and energy for yourself and gives you resources to elevate your energy and to clear the stress out of your life, whether it's internally produced, whether it's thoughts about the future or thoughts about the past, or whether it's external, your work stress, your kids, your parents, your health concerns. Qigong can help you clear stress and recharge, which is truly one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself. Wow. So there you go, Action Tribe. Something, it's a practice that allows you to cultivate from the inside out, reduce stress, feel more happier. And also, uh, like you mentioned earlier, it is effortless power because you're not depending on your power of yourself, but you're tapping into the power of the universe and the Tao and the uh, and in the environment around you. So thanks a lot for sharing. Now, uh, Lee, are there any similarities? Because you sort of alluded to this a while back. Are there any similarities between Qigong and yoga? Mm, absolutely. I mean, I, I, sometimes we call Qigong uh, Chinese yoga. Okay. You know, it's, you know, where yoga comes from India and it's an Indian or Ayurvedic tradition. And Qigong uh, is a Chinese tradition. So really, you know, prana, as they call it in, in yoga, is qi. It's the same thing as qi. It's your life force energy. It's this vitality. It's this mysterious force that nobody really knows. Nobody knows why there's light in your mind when you close your eyes. Why does the heart continue to beat? How did it start? There's great mystery in what qi, prana, life force, or all these ancient cultures talked about. Um, and we've sort of been disconnected from our own internal mysterious energy. And when we can tap back into that, life becomes really fascinating. We live with a sense of awe. We live with a sense of wonder. And we can truly cultivate much more gratitude for that. Now, the similarities between yoga and Qigong are many. Um, it's like two paths going up the same mountain. You know, in yoga, you're going to focus a little bit more on stretching and breathing techniques. I call this more of a wood element practice because you're really working your body. And Qigong is a little bit more of a water element practice where you're learning how to flow and relax and move without any resistance or tension. So a water practice is really interesting because water moves with effortless power, as we described. And as you start to clear tension and tightness out of your body, the water energy kind of washes through everything, invigorates you, clears away tension and tightness, and then replenishes your body's energy. Now, an interesting fact is that one of the most famous Qigong masters was an Indian yogi. Uh, an Indian yogi by the name of Bodhidharma, he was wandering from India through probably Tibet and into China, and this 
yogi taught pranayama techniques mm-hmm. to these martial arts practitioners and people doing fighting styles. And he brought the pranayama and the energetic techniques into movement forms. And so Shaolin styles of Qigong really have a, their roots in Indian pranayama techniques. And a lot of information energy was shared cross-culturally between India and China um, and through Tibet. So you're going to see a lot of similarities between Indian yoga, Chinese Qigong, Tibetan forms of exercises, whether it's pranayama, breathing practices, body movements. But the whole practice, again, is how to increase energy in your body to serve you in whatever your goals in life might be. Got it, got it. So thanks a lot for sharing. A lot of nuggets and wisdoms already shared and we're just getting started with this episode. So whether you're listening, whether you're watching, make sure that you're taking some notes and getting ready to take action. Now, uh, Lee, you mentioned that there's a level of mystery involved, which is amazing. It's great. But to the extent that we know, how does Qigong lead to healing in the body? What's happening on the inside? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think a lot of people are looking for answers. How do I heal this particular ailment within myself? Because let's face it, in Western medicine, healthcare is a system that's not very effective. It's a broken model. And in fact, it's not really healthcare. It's really sick care. Uh, I always tell people, you know, hey, if you break your arm, you get in a car crash, Western medicine, emergency medicine is wonderful. But for chronic conditions, for clearing stress, or for prevention, this model doesn't have a lot to serve us. So Qigong was part of Chinese medicine. There was five branches in Chinese medicine. And acupuncture, herbs, nutrition, most people's favorite, massage therapy, mm-hmm. and Qigong were the five branches of Chinese medicine. Now, how the medicine worked was that you would pay your healthcare practitioner a monthly mm-hmm. stipend. And as long as you stayed healthy, you continue to pay. But as soon as you get sick, have problems in your body, then your payments go down or they go away completely. So the healthcare practitioner is motivated to keep you healthy. They're motivated to keep you uh, at your highest vibration. So as we always say, health is not a destination. It's a journey. It's something that you do each and every day. You eat healthy food, you exercise, you get fresh air, you get good rest, and your body stays healthy. So there's techniques to prevent problems from arising in the first place which is very skillful medicine. That's why in Chinese medicine they say, don't dig your well when you're dying of thirst. Do so beforehand. And, you know, I always say the side effects of Qigong practice are beneficial side effects. They're not like the pharmaceutical commercials where you get this commercial and somebody's, you know, saying, you know, take this drug may cause, you know, your eyeballs to glow, your toenails to fall off, and (laughs) all these crazy side effects when you see the pharmaceutical commercials. In Qigong, when you do practice, let's say you're doing Qigong for, let's say, clearing stress or upper back and neck problems, you know, often you'll get a cascade of positive effects because you're looking at the root cause of a problem. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing Qigong, let's say, for neck pain, you might have side effects of better sleep, more energy, increased libido, a deeper connection to life. So we should make a whole new commercial with uh, with chi effects on it. So there you go, Action Tribe. I'm not sure if you caught this, but there was something fascinating that was shared. What if your healthcare practitioner is actually motivated to keep you healthy? As opposed to sick care, we will actually move towards healthcare because they want you. It's profitable for them to keep you healthy, to keep you going, to keep you active and energetic. That's a beautiful idea. And I think we need to move towards the ancient times rather than what is happening right now. Now, uh, Lee, for those who are new to this field, what are some of the different types of Qigong that might someone might be exposed to? Yeah, great question. Um, so as we were talking about and discussing, we were talking medical Qigong. Um, medical Qigong is the practice of keeping your body's energy circulating for health and vitality. Now, the theory is stagnant chi creates problems in your body. So when you have pain in your neck and shoulders or anywhere in your body, we call this chi stagnation. It's like a dam in a river that's blocking the life force from circulating. And when we remove those blocks, all of a sudden, the dam frees up, the water starts to irrigate all the the landscape, and the tissues heal. So first and foremost, primary to health and vitality is chi circulation. Mm-hmm. There's other kinds of Qigong practitioners. There's martial arts Qigong. And these are people who are doing Qigong exercise to build power and strength in their body. These are 
sort of the extreme athletes. Um, now, the crossover between martial styles of Qigong and medical styles were great because people would do fighting techniques and then they would use Qigong as ways to help to heal the body. They also mm -hmm. used Qigong to keep their energy up. And what they found is these martial practitioners were very vibrant, had lots of power and energy. So some of the martial techniques crossed over into the medical techniques. Now, the third style of Qigong is spiritual Qigong. And these were Qigong exercises that helped you to connect to a greater power, helped you to connect to nature, the universe, the Tao, God, whatever you wanted to call it, to feel that communion between your chi, your life force energy, and see it as a gift of the divine. And to recognize that chi isn't something that you have isolated within you. It's something that's always exchanging. Because when you inhale, you're taking in the breath of nature. And when you exhale, you're sending yourself back out into nature. There's no isolation. Everything mm -hmm. is a relationship between you and a larger force. And so this spiritual styles of Qigong gave us a greater purpose and a deeper connection where we felt that we weren't separated or isolated, but really, truly part of a community, community of, of people and humanity, but also a life community with animals, planet, uh, and nature. Got it. So medical, martial, and spiritual. That's amazing. Uh, so Lee, I'm curious, how did your Qigong journey begin? How did you first discover this practice? What's that story? I got a couple of stories, and, and this one's funny because my mom and dad practiced uh, hypnosis okay. and creative visualization when I was younger. And so they would come in and when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old and do some visualizations with us kids. Right. You know, my dad was a judge and my mom was an aerobics instructor. So I always kind of joke, if you combine a judge and an aerobics instructor, you get Qigong. <laughs> <laughs> so we would do these visualizations and as I was doing these slow deep breathing and imagining myself, you know, in my sport or doing better in school, I started to feel tingling and buzzing through my body. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this? This was deeply curious to me because it was very blissful and very elevated. And, and, you know, I just loved the sensation. And I noticed that if I did particular breathing patterns that I could induce this sensation of electricity and energy through my body. I had no vocabulary for it. I just knew that it felt good. So then when I was in college, I was uh, wandering around downtown Telegraph Avenue. I went to school in UC Berkeley and there's a spiritual bookstore and you open the door and you get a waft of this Nag Champa incense and crystals were everywhere. And I picked up okay. a few books by Montak Chia who was a Taoist Qigong master. And I started seeing meridians described and energy pathways. And I was like, ah, oh, this is what happened to me. And I was, uh, you know, I bought a few books and I walked out of the bookstore. And as soon as I walked out of the bookstore on the telephone pole, there was a flyer that Montak Chia was coming to Berkeley this next weekend. Wow. So I immediately signed up for his workshop and kind of started a whole, um, relationship with him over the years and became one of his senior teachers and became his ghostwriter, did, you know, 15 trips to Thailand uh, to work with him. But that's another story. Um, and so, you know, this practice was sort of self-induced and then confirmed by these ancient wisdom techniques and teachings, you know, which led me to Tai Chi, Chinese medicine, yoga practices and things like that. Got it, got it. So they say, you have this quote, right? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So so do you believe in that? And how much of it is destiny? And how much of that is, you know, you doing certain things and they, they lead to that, you know? Right. I love that because it's always a, it's always a blend. It's always, again, a communion between your internal energy and this mm -hmm. external energy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way in which we manifest our destiny, it comes in two forms, yin and yang. Okay. The yin is when you just receive, like all of a sudden mm -hmm. there was on the telephone pole, Montauk Chia flyer. It was just like the universe just plopped it into your lap. The yang way of creating destiny is you work hard. You, you create actionable steps. You know, you see people writing down their to-do list and they get everything done. But life always is full of surprises and always brings into your lap blessings that sometimes in the beginning don't seem like blessings, but... At the end, you might say, wow, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me because, you know, what looked like, you know, something that was 
a not such a great thing all of a sudden became a truly amazing gift. Got it. So I'm sure that everyone watching, listening right now, Amina, Mondi, Carlton, Elvira, they might be able to relate that sometimes there are things that happen in our life, things that appear out of nowhere that don't appear like blessings. But if you really think about it, if you take action, if you pause, they are truly blessings. So thanks a lot for yeah. sharing. Now, Lee, like I've mentioned, your program has been airing on national TV since 2006 and on over 105 stations, reaching 50 million households. That's huge. So mm. how did that phase begin? And at what point did you realize that you've made it? Oh, that's great. You know, this was interesting because I just got inspired to make some videos on Qigong. Okay. People, are, people are like, no, you first, you need to have a marketing plan. You just have to, you have to first get the audience. And I was like, but I just want to go out and film some of this great content. And so I had a friend uh, of mine and he worked in Hollywood and he had some film equipment that he had extra for like the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I was like, come up to Santa Cruz. We're going to, I want to put a plank in the middle of the stream so it looks like, you know, you know, I want the visuals to really represent what this practice is all about. Sure. I want to see flowing water and trees. And, and he's like, yeah, but we need lighting and this and that. I said, you know, let's just try it. <laughs> okay. And we had perfect lighting conditions. You know, it was just enough cloud covering so that the lighting was perfect. We didn't need this fancy equipment. Uh, you know, instead of a $100,000 shoot, it was really, you know, I broke my piggy bank and, you know, we spent, you know, three or $4,000 to film this. Yeah, And it came out just great. You know, we had four Qigong DVDs, Qigong for stress, Qigong for low back pain, upper back pain, and a five element flow. Now I brought these two like herbal catalogs and they put them in their magazines and somebody who saw it, she worked for um, film distribution. She worked for Discovery Health, uh, PBS and things like that. So she came into my office and she said, oh, you know, I, I noticed your programs. I think they look really good, but you know what? This word, Qigong, nobody's going to know how to say it. I don't think I can get you on TV. But why don't you give me a treatment? So I gave her a treatment, showed her some exercises because she had chronic low back pain. And later that afternoon, she was like, what did you do to me? My back (laughs) feels amazing. She's like, let me take a look at those. I'm going to send it to my contact at PBS. Uh, Long story short, PBS said, okay, let's do one show in San Diego. And if it works, we'll send it out to the national Mm -hmm. Uh, public television stations. Right. And so I got there. I was on right after Wayne Dyer. And the lady who was the producer, producer head at the station, she was like, Qigong, she's like, you know what? This is never going to work. It's a movement show. Nobody can say this. I don't know. These things usually don't work. So I was kind of like, oh, man. I was like (laughs) doing my Qigong exercise to clear the energy. And we had a great show. The interviewer had known Tai Chi before. We talked about the benefits I told stories and the pledge show kind of pledged off the charts. And the producer came back. She's like, this never happens. Your show <laughs> outpledged Wayne Dyer. And we were, she was like, whoa, all right. So then all of a sudden, 2006, the show got put up on PBS satellite. So any mm-hmm. station around the country could download it. Right. And if you Googled my name, you got like a yellow page ad. It gave you my home phone number. So all of a sudden, throughout the whole country, the show was airing. People were Googling my name, only getting my home phone number. So I was getting like 40, 50 calls a day right. on Qigong. And I remember the first call because it was from Texas. And this guy said, I saw your Qigong on TV. And I did <laughs> them exercises and my back felt good. So it was great. It was wonderful because, you know, there all of a sudden was people that would never be exposed to Qigong practices starting to see it on public television, starting to try the exercises, feeling the benefits even of doing just a little bit of movements. Mm-hmm. And this is really inspiring me because all of a sudden I was getting reached out to by all these people from across the country that were saying how much they enjoyed the show, what mm-hmm. the benefits were. And it was a blessing in disguise that we did it outside because it ca- captured people's attention. What is that guy doing standing in the middle of the river doing these slow movements? Yeah. Yeah. So it, that's, that was kind of the story. And then we just did uh, more and more shows over the years. So we have a very long running show on PBS. Like, like you said, you know, we just did a year and a half ago, less stress, more energy, and it continues to air across the country and continues to open people's minds, eyes and energy systems to their true potential and their potential for healing their own bodies, which is what I find is the greatest gift that, I, as a practitioner, could do for somebody. 
Got it, got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. Really inspiring story. I'm trying to pictureize what was happening exactly because you mentioned that you were trying to, you know, spread a new practice potentially in the West. And you were with people like Wayne Dyer, who at that time, I guess, were very, very popular, uh, uh, you know, in their field. Everyone knew about him. And then there were some people who weren't confident, who weren't sure if this term, people can't even pronounce it. Uh, will this even spread? Is it even worth you know taking the next step? So when you did not have that support from outside, what kept you going? Like, did you ever think, what if this doesn't work out? What if this fails? So what is that force that kept, you know, taking you to the next step yeah. and next step? That's a great question because, you know, I think we have to orient towards an internal compass that helps to guide us because too often we're orienting by the external circumstances. So really tuning into what's inspiring you, because in my heart, I know it works for me. I'd been teaching already for quite a few years, and okay. I knew my local students were getting so much benefit. And I was like, if, if these students are getting benefit, if we put it out to a larger audience, I know it's going to work. Because what I did is I took all these mystical ancient teachings, maybe esoteric practices, Right. And I made it practical for people in the West. I said, what do people in the West need? They need less stress. They need more energy. They need a clear pain. They need better digestion. They need tools and resources to take charge of their health and energy from the inside out. And I devised and developed a methodology that did just that. So people in a short amount of time, when you do a little bit of this practice, you get results. I wanted to make it practical. I wanted to demystify it, take it out of its... Um, let's say maybe religious practices or even spiritual practices and really give it a modern day life um, starting point so that people could, you know, not feel like, oh, is it, if I'm Christian, can I do Qigong? Of course. If I'm Hindu, can I do Qigong? Of course, because you're breathing, walking and eating and you have an energy system. So Qi just means you're alive, your aliveness. And how do we best work with this life force energy and this gift that we've been given of this precious life? And so all of a sudden, I knew from the inside out that I wanted to share this. And if I reached out to a public television audience and a couple people got benefits and it, the show didn't do well, I knew that there was other ways to spread the message and to get into the hands of, of people. And so when she came back and said it did so well and all of a sudden it spread, I was absolutely thrilled. And, um, yeah, when she was saying in the beginning, I was like, Oh, this is never going to work. I, you know, part of me was like, Oh, we got to change the name. We got to, we got to make it more, uh, so it resonates with people. And I was like, you know what? People need to be educated to mm -hmm. know where the roots of this practice are and to understand that, that it's not just for, you know, Chinese or Asian people in the parks, mm -hmm. but it's actually for you and it can bring great benefit to your life wherever you are. All right. So let's take a moment to thank our sponsor for Sigmatic. Action Drive, here's something really interesting. We're finding these days that although meditation is powerful, it's not enough. We need superfoods, adaptogens and herbs to really heal our body and fix our brain. And that's where Four Sigmatic comes in because I love their mushroom coffee, which contains lion's mane, a mushroom used by Buddhist monks to promote brain health and increase focus during meditation. And I'm telling all my friends about their innovation because consuming this coffee early in the morning uh, really transforms my state and my energy levels. Four Sigmatic is a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom-based drinks that benefit our immunity, energy and overall well-being. Their coffee contains wild rhodiola root which helps reduce stress and chaga mushrooms that support your daily immune function. All of this action tribe in a perfect cup of morning coffee with smells of pure Arabica coffee beans. So you gotta try this out at least once and then let me know because they've extended a really special offer for Action Tribe. Receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Action Tribe or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com forward slash Action Tribe or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. Four Sigmatic. Awaken your mind. Support your well-being. 
So what I love about your story is that, you know, whatever you're doing, you were leading by example, you were leading by results because you knew that you had students and they were seeing results. And then you gave that lady like a, a Qigong treatment and she saw the results and she was really astounded, amazed by it. And I love the fact that you were leading by results. Now, you told us a bit about Mantak Chia. Could you tell us a little bit more about how Mantak Chia influenced your life? Because you said that you went to Thailand, right, at a certain right. point. Right. Yeah, he was one of my main teachers, especially in the early days. Um, so I went, you know, it was funny because this first workshop, speaking yeah. about blessings, I was a, a student at the time and it was towards the end of the semester. So I had no money, okay. no money in my account. And I was like, how am I going to afford this $250 workshop? So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to ask if I could pay him later, if I could do some work for him. And I came in and I told my story and, and he was like, yeah, sure. Work in the bookstore. He's like, can you write? And I was like, yeah, sure. I can write. And he's like, all right, write these flyers. And you know, the, one of the first projects I had to help him with was captioning um, a comic book. Okay. And it was this little inner smile comic book where all the organs in the chest, you know, these cartoon characters were saying something. So you'd have a little bubble out from your lungs or your heart that would be some caption about the inner smile and how your organs were really part of your mind-body system and how to take care of them and things like that. So it was a great practice. And then when I graduated from college, I asked him if I could work for him some more. And that's when he hired me as one of his main ghostwriters. And I did, you know, 12 trips to Thailand. You know, in the mornings, <clears throat> remember the very first morning I woke up in Thailand, it was very different culture. The sounds in the air were, and the air was really different. Yeah. Bug flying and moist heat. You know, it was about 100 degrees at 5 a.m. And I'm walking over to his house. And he, he said to come over in the morning. We we're going to start working on this new book. And his house was totally dark. So I'm looking in the window and it's 5 a.m. And, <laughs> and, and and all of a sudden he's on the balcony. He's like, oh, just open the door. Come on in. Why are you walking around like that? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> last thing I wanted to do was bang on the door and wake up the master on the first day. Yeah. And so he and I have had developed a long um friendship and collaborative efforts in the summer. He's going to be in San Francisco and we're going to teach together. Um, I've hosted him for, you know, 15 years here in California and, and learned a lot from him. Uh, and it gave me the opportunity to continuously go learn Qigong and Taoist practices from a master and study one-on-one -on -one like the ancient yeah. ways. And then I also would go, you know, on my way to see him, I would stop in China and study with other masters and compare and contrast techniques and really internalize it for myself. So it was great. What a, what a wonderful gift that was. Got it, got it. One of my goals is to be able to sometime in the future do his dark room. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's built this kind of esoteric, uh, you know, modern life cave system where it's like, it's like five-star caves. So instead of going <laughs> into the mountains where there's, and you go into a cave where there's bats and bugs, you get this really pristine condominium that he's blackened out and made this dark room. Right. And then you get all your meals served to you. You got blind uh, Thai massage therapists that come in and work on you. And you're in the darkness for a week, two weeks or three weeks. And it's, it's, it's cave technology made for modern people. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Now, now moving back to Qigong, uh, in fact, diving into Qigong, uh, could you talk to us about the three treasures? What exactly are they? Oh, yeah. I love this idea of three treasures. So basically, if we translate it, it'd be the, the body, the emotions, and the mind. Mm -hmm. In Chinese, it's called Jing, Qi, and Shen. Mm -hmm. Jing really translates to essence. What is the essence of who you are? And your essence comes from sexual energy. Two cells come together, mother and father, and then those two cells grow into your physical body. This was called Jing. Okay. <clears throat> Jing is the energy of your body. And in the three treasures, the heart was seen as the other treasure, the, the heart as an emotional treasure. So we have the treasure of your body, the treasure of your emotions, and then Shen translates as spirit or consciousness or mind, the treasure of your mind. What I find interesting is it's called treasures. You know, it's, these are gifts, the gifts from the divine. You have a, the treasure of your body. We have all these wonderful and amazing emotions, and we have the gift of consciousness. And just starting with that can be really helpful because too often people, you know, they don't appreciate their bodies. They find faults in their bodies. They're wrestling their emotions. 
I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm stressed out, and they we can't we can't find how to cultivate uh, these positive, compassionate, loving, joyful emotions within ourselves. And then we're struggling with the mind. You know, the mind constantly in a state of mental stress or worries, overthinking, and things like that. And so to truly witness them as a treasure helps us to cultivate gratitude and appreciation for who we are. Because let's face it, it take, it took the universe about 14 billion years to create you. Yeah. You are a masterpiece. And too often we look in the mirror, we don't go, wow, what a masterpiece. We go, oh, I don't like my hair. I'm a little bit overweight. <laughs> and the universe is like, really? It took me 14 billion years and you're going to complain. And so it gives us a re... Uh, it helps us to rewire how we see the world and how we see ourselves within the world. And if we can cultivate gratitude and appreciation, it's like a gardener. The negative, the things that we don't like emotionally, mentally, or physically, we start to prune and weed, compost that and transform it into a beautiful garden, into appreciation, gratitude, and compassion, which takes some skill. This is the gong. So the skill at working with chi and appreciating yourself and all your many facets as a treasure is this organic process of cultivating energy. So do you action drive listeners, viewers? This is like practice without practicing, right? This is like step one, realizing that no matter where you are, what circumstances you're in life, in, in life right now, you have treasures, you have three treasures and you must be grateful and acknowledge them before going to work on these treasures. And as we're learning today, it's not like a one step thing that you do and things change. It's a cultivation that you, it takes some practice. It takes some work and it, uh, it's like a ongoing thing that you need to work on. Uh, so Lee, could you talk to us about how the three treasures, how they relate to heaven and earth? Because that's Ooh. spoken a lot about in Qigong as well. Right? Yeah. Oh, these are great questions. I can tell you, uh, you know, you know, some Qigong practice. This is great. So we have the three treasures within ourselves. This is called, you know, Jing, Qi and Shen or mm -hmm. body, emotion, mind. These are reflective of the treasures or the external energy around us. Okay. So the treasures outside of our system or outside of our, you know, personal mind body system is the energy of the earth, mm -hmm. the energy of heaven and the energy of nature. Mm -hmm. So those are the external forms. So we are really a microcosm of the macrocosm. So Jing is going to relate to your, is going to relate to the body and to the earth. That's mm -hmm. why the body is physical form. So we always look at things as form and formless. Right. So the form is going to be your body, but your emotions and your mind is formless. It's an invisible energy. That's mm -hmm. why we can't do surgery to clear out stress. You don't find anything. Right. You can't open up the heart and see how much love is in there. So we call this an invisible energy. But like mist rising off of a lake, the invisible energy is every bit as real as the physical energy. So we want to keep these two in balance, the internal energy and the external energy. That's another form of balance. So when we look at <clears throat> nature, nature was related to our heart center mm -hmm. and the universe was related to our head center. Oh, okay. And so the universal energy was the energy of the planets, the stars, uh, the suns, the moons, all the energy all around us in the universe. And this is a energy that, as it's translated through us, gives us a sense of connection to the divine, a feeling of a higher purpose. Uh, it's the light in your mind. It's our inspirations. It's our good ideas. It's our imagination. And so how do we work with the form and the formless within ourselves? And how do we work with internal and external energy to find harmony and balance? Got it, got it. What I caught from what you're sharing and so much of wisdom that you're sharing right now is that the formless that which you cannot see is as much real as the things that you can see. And that's really profound. Thanks a lot yeah. for sharing. It just puts things back into perspective yeah. and realizing that it's not just the body, but it's the emotions and the stress that you can't see, <laughs> uh, but it's still there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, one thing I always say is life is ruled by invisible forces. Externally, for example, life is ruled by gravity. It's an invisible force. Yeah. Nobody really even knows what gravity is. 
Yeah. Electromagnetism, an invisible force. It's a force that we can't, sunlight is something you can't tangibly hang on to. No. It, it, it's, and, and within you, life is ruled with invisible forces too, because you don't have to beat your own heart. You don't have to digest your own food. The light in your mind is something that really has direct impact on your physiology and most things inside of you, you don't have to do. There's an invisible force that's working all the time for you. And that's why Qigong is such a wonderful practice because it helps you line up to what is mm -hmm. and to recognize that we don't have to do so much, that we can relax more and allow this invisible force to take, not to take over, but really to do its thing because it has an infinite organizing power. The heartbeat, digestion, the breath, everything works in perfect harmony until we overly do and create too much stress within the system and then we have complications. So relaxation is one of the key principles because this invisible force that's moving through us is an intelligent system. And it's an intelligent system within us and it's an intelligent system all around us. Got it. Whenever I have a Qigong conversation, I think about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was a great movie, way ahead of its time, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, now, talk to us because you've you've sort of mentioned this a bit. You, you spoke about that our body is a microcosm of the universe around us. So, could you talk to us about what exactly is the microcosmic orbit? Oh, microcosmic orbit, exactly that. So, microcosm, meaning that a small you know, microcosmic orbit is also called the small heavenly circle. Okay. And basically it's a pathway of energy to circulate energy through meridians. It's very similar to, let's say the chakra system. Okay. Um, but it's just a trans, it's just a, a viewpoint from Chinese medicine. So basically the way Montauk Chia teaches microcosmic orbit, you bring energy up the back, up the spine mm -hmm. to the crown of the head and then down the front of the body. So you create this internal circle or orbit, and this energy will then nourish the nervous system, the brain. When it comes down, it nourishes all the internal organs. It's these two major rivers of energy that flow through you. And there's a way to do breathing exercises and Qigong flows to activate that microcosmic orbit. Now, microcosm meaning that what's happening within you is a reflection of what's mm -hmm. happening all around you. So for example, in the universe, the earth orbits the sun. And everything, all the planets are in orbit in particular patterns, galaxies, um, suns, moons, everything's moving in these orbits. And so we recognize that as above, so below, as is the external, so is the internal. So these mm -hmm. practitioners, if you close your eyes and observe your energy patterns, you'll see that they move in particular pathways. And so you can enhance those pathways by doing breathing or certain flowing exercises, movements, visualizations, and allow the chi to circulate and turn it into really a meditative practice. Got it, got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. This is really, really useful. Now, here's a question that I'm sure some of the more intermediate Qigong practitioners might have. And this is something that I wanted to ask you for quite a while. But how do we know if we're doing the microcosmic orbit meditation correctly? What are some mm -hmm. things that we should keep in mind? One of the things I think the first... First thing to keep in mind is that it's something that's happening all the time anyways. That okay. you don't have to do the microcosmic orbit. It'll do it for you in the same way, like we just said, you don't have to beat your heart or even breathe your lungs. They just do it automatically. So your chi yeah. is automatically circulating. And one thing that happens when we're, you know, going through modern life through stress and, you know, often poor posture or sitting at a desk too long, we get little blockages in our energy system. And so when you do the meditation or the practice, you're enhancing the flow and being conscious of another aspect of your internal capabilities. Microcosmic orbit was often a secret practice because it led to internal power. Yeah. And in the beginning, you talked about superhuman or the human potential. The microcosmic orbit was one of those practices that activated your inner power and your human potential so that you could have direct access to universal energies. You didn't have to have a translator tell you about divine energy. You could directly go to the source. So in a sense, you had the cell phone number to the divine and you didn't have to go through a priest, a monk or anybody else. You could just 
connect directly. So that was one of the goals of this practice is to feel a sense of communion, connection mm. to a divine source. Um, now, this practice, again, it's a natural thing, but we can enhance it, utilize it, and to expand uh, our consciousness. And to connect consciousness to energy, all of a sudden we realize that there's much more going on internally than, than we often are told or are taught. And so the microcosmic orbit really taps you into your inner power and your human potential. Wow. So Action Tribe, I hope you're listening, watching right now. This We're living in an amazing age and people like Lee Holden are really taking the charge and taking humanity to the next level. Because the truth is that there are practices, there are things that can be done that can literally you know, awaken our dormant superhuman abilities. And like you mentioned, uh, give us a cell phone that can connect us directly to the divine. So that's really fascinating. Uh, uh, thanks a lot for sharing. Now, uh, our listeners love stories of transformation. So is there a story that you can share with us, somebody who is facing a difficulty or a challenge or maybe an illness mm. who used Qigong and completely maybe changed their life state or healed themselves mm. or something like that? You know, I get, I get wonderful stories every day, but one that stands out was um, uh, one of my students and he was a pilot. And he was super busy. So he was always flying all over the world. He was going through, um, you know, some stressful times with his personal life, his family. And so he was working really hard. And he was telling me how, um, you know, he was flying to all these places, but he didn't actually get to stay and really experience the cultures and stuff like it was just touching the ground. And, you know, it's, he kept thinking oh, at some point, I'm going to really take a trip and not just be in these places, but sink into some cultures and, and do these trips that I really want. Well, he had a, um, a, a cancer diagnosis and the doctors gave him only a few months to live and to get his affairs in order. Yeah. And after a bone marrow transplant, he was really depleted and in the hospital and he was flipping through the TV stations and my public television show came on and he stopped and watched and something just resonated. And he was like that, I got to do that. That's resonating with me. That's something that's going to help me to heal. So he was too weak to actually do the movements and stand up. So he did the breathing. He visualized himself doing the movements he did the movements with his arms while he was in the hospital bed. And then he got stronger and he started doing the movements standing up. And as he got stronger and stronger, he started practicing, you know, two to three hours every day. And when he would drive to his appointments, they were often, uh, you know, from Sacramento to Stanford, often a few hour car ride. And he'd yeah. practice healing sounds in the car, which is a Qigong practice for cancer. And all of a sudden, he's in remission, you know, and the doctors were like, whoa, scratching their head. You know, they were saying, hey, this these treatments that we gave you probably won't work. And, you know, they'll just prolong your life for a few extra months. Right. And then all of a sudden, the doctors were like, you know, what were you doing? And he's like, I'm doing Qigong and I'm doing all this Eastern medicine techniques. And he said the doctor's response was, huh, I guess the treatments, the Western medicine treatments actually did work. Because they just couldn't wrap their mind around that something that he was doing actually had a big impact. And now he's one of um, you know my biggest Qigong fans. He's a Qigong teacher. He, he teaches and travels and inspires people all over the place because he really believes that Qigong saved his life. And, you know, what happens when you do practices, you it's not that the Qigong is saving your life. It's that you're saving your own life. It's that you have activated your inner healing power. Because, again, your body has tremendous intelligence. It wants to come back to balance. It wants to come back to a place of self-regulation. And if we remove the blocks and we clear the stress, all of a sudden your body has tremendous healing capabilities and can rebalance and activate in miraculous ways. Wonderful. That is a really inspiring and motivational story. And I'm sure that someone who's listening uh, right now or watching right now is really charged up and uh, enthused, no matter what circumstances or situations they find themselves in right now. Uh, but based on what you've shared today, what is that one action step that you'd like to share for our listeners? Oh, I love it. I think, you know, breath is your quickest source to chi. Um, that's why all meditation techniques and Yoga practices, Tai Chi, Kundalini, it's, everything is revolving often on the foundation of the breath. So to be able to breathe fully is a great way to start to cultivate energy. See, when you exhale all the way out, you can let go of the past. So mm -hmm. your exhale is a relationship that you have in your present moment with the past. And when you can inhale fully 
What do we call inhalation? Inspiration. Inspiration. We, we can be inspired by the future. And so breath is not only for your physical body, but it's also for your mental, emotional body, and, and it's also very spiritual. Because when you recognize and pay attention to breathing, you recognize that you're not an isolated system, that you're inhaling the breath of nature and you're exhaling your breath back out into nature. So to be able to truly breathe deeply is a really wonderful chi practice. So for listeners, if you want, you can breathe down into your belly. So when you inhale, let your abdomen expand and then let your rib cage expand and then let your chest expand. So this is a full inhale. And then when you exhale, let the breath go out from the chest, from the ribs and back to the belly. This is called wave breathing. Try it, inhale through your nose and exhale through the nose. And you want to make it as long, slow, and deep as you can. About 30 seconds to one minute of this will help to clear stress and replenish your energy. Can I show one more exercise? Oh, absolutely. Okay, let's, let's activate our chi because I want to give your listeners the sensation of chi. What does it feel like? Because when your chi circulates, you feel elevated. You feel joyful from the inside out. You don't have to have an external reason to feel good. So rub your fingernails back and forth together. So you just touch your fingernails on your hands and rub back and forth. That first knuckle and all the fingernails rub back and forth. And now take a few deep breaths. And you're activating the meridian lines. This is where the ends of the meridians are. And so you're stimulating, like lighting a little fire to your energy system. You'll be, you'll be amazed at how strong the sensation is. Take one more deep breath. Exhale all the way out. And then just bring your hands down to your sides or in your lap and notice how your hands feel. See if you feel some buzzing and tingling, some electricity in your body. And this is the sensation of chi. You feel it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Buzzing, vibrating. Yeah, pulsing. <laughs> and that was only a 30-second exercise. So imagine that when you do these activations plus flowing exercises, synchronizing breath and movement, how much energy you can activate within yourself. And unfortunately, most people feel fatigued. They're wired and tired. And what we can do about that is to rebalance our energy. We need to bring energy out of the head back into the body so that the mind is at peace and the body is fully energized. And this is a very childlike state. I don't know if people out there have kids, but children have lots of energy. And oftentimes, we as adults feel depleted of energy. So we need to have techniques and tools that will replenish us. Got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. Uh, Action Drive to access the show notes for today's episode, especially those who are listening to our episode. Go to my 7 forward slash 288. That's my 7 chakras. Seven is a word. my 7 forward slash 288. Stillness and action are relative, not absolute principles. It is important to find a balance of yin and yang, not just in Qigong, but in everyday life, in movement, seek stillness and rest, and in rest, be mindful and attentive. Now, this is an amazing quote by Ken Cohen, Action Tribe. There is a lot of truth in this statement. Be mindful and aware of your state of being. If you are tired, then relax. If you are too relaxed, then exercise. If your mind is tense, then meditate. And if you meditated a while, then go out and interact with friends, family, and go in nature. The bottom line, as we're learning today, is never forget to restore your balance, even in your day-to-day -day life, to overcome challenges and obstacles. Find your balance of yin and yang. So, Lee, could you talk to us about a time when you experienced a major life challenge? How did you get into that situation? And then what did you do to overcome and come out of it? Yeah, major life challenge. You know, I was a collegiate soccer player. So my first year that I was starting on the college team at UC Berkeley, I was just overjoyed that I was playing soccer and getting having the opportunity to fly all over the country and play this sport that I loved. And and the second game of the season, I jumped up in the air. My legs were taken out from under me, and I landed on my tailbone. And I had a crushing injury. I, I could barely walk the next day. I was hobbling around campus. I was stressed out and uh, really, quite frankly, depressed. I had cortisone shots, painkillers, all kinds of physical therapy, and nothing seemed to work. You know, the doctor said that I would really be out for the whole season. And... 
all of a sudden I was like, I remembered martial arts teacher. He broke a big stack of bricks when I was like 10 years old. And he said, this is the power of chi. And he said, but remember, chi isn't for hurting people. It's for healing. So I was like, I'm going to go see that guy. I went home, got an appointment with him. He showed me qigong exercises, gave me some acupuncture. One treatment, I was like 70% better. Two or three treatments, I was like 90% better. And after about two weeks, I was back playing soccer, and I was absolutely astounded about the healing power of this ancient medicine. And that was truly the cult, the catalyst for me. That was when I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to teach people these techniques because I just saw the power in action and I don't know why more people aren't doing this. And so that was one of those things that was, you know, what we were just talking before, that was one of those things that was a blessing in disguise because it was the worst thing that happened to me, but right. it was the catalyst that brought me to Qigong more fully and led me to the career of Chinese medicine, Qigong and the healing arts. Wonderful, wonderful. That is truly a blessing in disguise because if if you think about a soccer player, especially someone who is traveling a lot, is very successful and they have a bad injury, that could mean, you know, no activity for the rest of the season or maybe the rest of their career. But you yeah. looked at that situation and you turned it around and you had an opportunity in a brand new and amazing field. So thanks a lot for sharing. What is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share based on the story? Uh you know, it's, it's just really about not giving up and not letting those life circumstances getting you down, having that internal compass that, that truly helps to guide you along your path, recognizing that things, you know, people always say, oh, this, thing, this happens for a reason. But really mm -hmm. to find the reason, to find that treasure, that golden nugget within life circumstances, to distill it down and really go like, all right, this pain is here to teach me this. And this emotional, stressful situation, it's here to treat me this. And then once you distill it into an insight, the next thing to do is to take action. Because if you don't take action, right. those lessons tend to repeat themselves. Those stressful circumstances tend to repeat themselves. So get the insight from the pain or the problem, distill it into an insight, and then use that insight to take action and to make changes in your life. Got it. So thanks a lot for sharing introspection and action. That's what we're learning on today's episode, Action Tribe. I hope you've enjoyed the session so far. Remember that no much, no matter how much humans have evolved or learned, there's still so much mystery out there. It's all about mystery. And there's still so much that we still don't know, which is not really a bad thing. But never forget about your inner wonder and your childlike curiosity, especially if you have a child at home, because those are the qualities that are going to help you rediscover the magic that lies deep within you. And in a way, Action Tribe, your adventure begins now with the blessings of Lee Holden. You are the master of your own destiny. You are the Luke Skywalker or the Princess Leia of your own version of Star Wars. You have your own version of Darth Vader as well, which might be internal, but may, might be an external situation also that you have to deal with. You also have your version of Yoda that is waiting for you out there somewhere. Your Mantak Chia, who has a message for you to help you move ahead in life, to give you that nudge, to give you that inspiration so that you can take the next few steps. But you know what? Never forget that there's this force that is always within you because as Qigong master Francesco Garipoli once said, Chi is that intangible energy that animates the human body and all things in this universe. And Richard Lee, founder of the China Healthways Institute, refers to this as bioelectric vitality, while others call it life force, and in India it's called prana. But whatever the name is, like we're learning today, be aware of this force that is always within you. And with that, we are at our last round for today, which is called the Wisdom Round. So, Lee, are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. So what is the best piece of advice that you have received in your life? Oh, let's see. One of the ways, one of the best advice that I've received is always walk contrary to the world. And I was like, oh, that's, that resonates with me because I see what everybody else is doing. And I'm like, I don't see people leading happy, healthy fully vibrant lives. I don't see them tapping into their best selves. And so whatever is going on out there, it's not that you always have to walk contrary to it, but really tune in to 
who you are and what things in this game of life you want to play and what, what things you don't want to play and really tune into what's going to make you happy. What is your authentic chi expression and who are you at your fundamental core? So that was always uh, something that stuck with me. And that's why I didn't, you know, run into getting a job in Silicon Valley when, you know, the dot-com boom. I was like, I'm going to go to Thailand and do Qigong. And people are like, what are you, crazy? You got to go get a job. And I was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to listen to this inner guidance. But now you're consulting with these major companies, right? No, I am. Now I'm a consultant <laughs> and, you know, all, a lot of my friends who are working for, you know, major corporations, they always come and see me with their, you know, stress problems and whatnot. That's amazing. So yeah. if you could turn back time and spend one hour with anyone who is currently dead or living, who would it be? God, the first person that comes to mind is Bruce Lee. I was just visiting his grave in uh, Seattle and, you know, felt some kinship and connection there because I used to watch Bruce Lee movies as a kid and just see his superhuman ability and things that he could do that were just that the chi that he uh, exuded was just extraordinary. I'd love to just sit down and drink tea with him and talk, talk Qigong and martial arts and Chinese medicine and philosophy. Be like water, my friend. Be like water, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so what is that one thing that you do in the morning or maybe in the evening before going to sleep that has improved the quality of your life? I mean, I think in the morning, activate your chi because when you activate your chi, you are a different person um, and you bring your best self into every activity. You know, it's not a, you know, we think about peak performances, you know, for athletes or maybe the performers on stage, the music, musicians, but we all should be thinking about peak performance in whatever we're going to do in our lives. And you get ready like you're a star athlete. You know, you see the Olympic athletes before an event, they knock on their bodies, they slap, they do breathing exercises. Qigong will help you to bring your best self into all your activities so that you actually have more fun and more enjoyment at whatever you're doing. And so I love charging up in the morning with a practice, uh, with those activations. And in the evening, I do some clearing stress practices like the healing sounds and things like that. You know, I have an AMPM program. I have a, all kinds of condition-specific programs that I myself love to practice. And you can find all those on my website too. Got it. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? I would say the Tao Te Ching. You know, it's the second most read book in the world throughout history, next to Harry Potter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Second most widely read book next to the Bible. Okay. The Tao Te Ching written by Lao Tzu. And the first passage of the Tao Te Ching, the Tao that can be told is not the real Tao, which I think is brilliant. Here's, here's a guy who's going to write a book. And the very mm. first thing is, hey, whatever I'm going to tell you in this book isn't really what it is. You actually have to go out and experience it for yourself. You know, the Tao is the way, means the way of the universe. And so it helps us to line our personal energy up with the larger energy all around us. It's a fantastic book. You can flip through it. It's lessons and wisdoms. It's meditations. It's something that you could just uh, pick up, read one passage, or you could read a whole bunch of pages. I love it. Awesome. So Action Tribe, if you're watching, listening right now, and if you want to get this book for free, then audible.com has been kind enough to give all our listeners, our Action Tribe listeners, one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out this amazing service. Because if you think about it, listening is truly the new reading. And the fact that you're listening to this episode proves my point. And I love listening to my audiobooks, which are uh, on my phone. And the best part is that in most cases that the author or someone who's really good at speaking reads the book out to you. So, so to try this fascinating experience uh, and to download your free audiobook, go to my 7 forward slash free book. Once again, that's my seven is a word, my 7 forward slash free book to start listening to the Tao Te Ching. So Lee, Thank you so much for joining me today on today's episode by the viewers that we've had and the comments we've received. People are really enjoying the wisdom and the stories and the insights that you've shared. Uh, but before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how we can find you. Uh, I am so grateful for my three kids. Um, these beautiful light beings. I learned something every day from them and, uh, you know, my seven-year-old, she's eight now, but she was really upset about something. And I was, we were going to go out and do something. And I said, you know, honey, do you think you can stop crying? And, you know, like we we're going to go out in public. And she goes, you know, dad, 
if I start, if I stop myself from crying right now, I'll probably make myself sick. And then you're going to feel bad for asking me to stop crying. So I'm just going to keep crying for a little while. I'm going to get it all out and then I'll feel a lot better. So don't worry about it. And I was like, yes, master. <laughs> I think that that is that that happens when you're born in the household of a Qigong master. You, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you get the wisdom yourself. So and thanks. She, and she spits it back out to me. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, they just have so much energy. And um, yeah, where people can find me, holdenqigong.com, Holden, H-O-L-D-E-N, and then Qigong, Q-I-G-O-N-G.com. And on there, we have a, fr- a five-day little mini course. We have all kinds of condition specifics. And the nice thing, we just released a whole bunch of my workshops that we recorded. So you can get, you know, Qigong for anxiety or sleep, back pain, things like that. A whole bunch of longer courses so you could really dive into the practice. Awesome. So we'll have all of that up in the show notes. Uh, Lee, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the power of Qigong and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you so much. What a great podcast. Thanks so much. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.